in a series called Struggles, and we, the first week we actually talked about just the struggle with contentment, really finding contentment in Jesus. And then last week my dad was here and we talked about the struggle of gossip. How many of you guys ever struggle with that one? Um, I know I've struggled with that before. And today I want to talk about something, to be quite honest with you, I never thought that I would preach a sermon on it, but we are finally at that point in culture where I think it's one of our primary struggles. I want to talk about rest, the struggle with rest. And I think that most people do not really know how to rest because of um, how much technology has inundated culture today. We live in this world where we do not know how to shut our brains off because information and access is so available to us. But before I dive into it, I want to do this. Let's go ahead and pray because I really believe that God wants to set some people free of some things this morning. And uh, there's no words that I can say this morning that can do that. The Holy Spirit has to do that. And that's what we hope for this morning. Father God, we thank you for who you are. God, we pray that this morning, God, that you would have your way. God, I pray that whatever struggles, whatever walls, whatever boundaries we have put in front of you, God, I pray that you would begin to expose those things this morning, and God, that ultimately you would help us to find true rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I'm not going to lie, I'm about to preach a whole sermon on um, this little device right here, and how much this has affected Um, Our culture, um, the way that we think, the way that we rest, the way that we do things, I think that it has become so um, important in today's culture for us to actually talk about this. Um, And the truth is, I think that if any of you ever go to bed at night and maybe you get a solid eight to nine hours of sleep and then you wake up and you still feel extremely exhausted, you still feel really tired and like you do this cycle over and over and over again. And I think it's not necessarily physical rest that I want to talk about. I want to talk about learning to have true rest in Jesus, where we can come to a place where we can learn to shut our brains off and put the mobile devices down and turn the computers off and turn the TVs off and shut down the iPads and shut down all communications for a little while and just learn to be content in Jesus. And then the society and culture that we live in today, that's extremely difficult to do. So here's what I don't want you to hear me saying this morning is that I am like anti-technology. If you know anything about me, I absolutely love technology and I believe that it can be used for many good things. Actually about two months ago, I started actually reading my Bible on the Uversion app on my iPhone, um, and it, it develops like this plan for me. It reminds you like when to read, and if you missed a day, it catches you up. And if I got too busy that day, I can literally stick my headphones in, and the Bible will read itself to me. I mean, how awesome is that? Like, if you don't have time to read, like you just pop headphones in, and it will read it. F- for you in like this Morgan Freeman kind of voice, you know, and it's just awesome. And so I believe that there are many benefits of technology. There are many things that um, it can be used really for the glory of God, and, and it can be advanced. But the reason that I have this love-hate relationship for technology is because I've looked at the patterns of my own life, and there are certain aspects of technology that have just enslaved me. And that ultimately have mastered me. And there are certain areas in my life where I've fought so hard to be free from the grip of sin in my life. And, you know, through Christ have been able to be victorious in those things. But the reason that technology kind of sneaks up on us is we don't realize how much we actually rely 
on this device. I don't know how I would get anywhere um, when I go to other cities without Siri. Like, I just, I wouldn't. My wife will tell you, I'm a crazy person if I don't know where I'm going. Like, I have to have directions. So there's many benefits to this, but I hate how in culture, how this has really come to own us. It owns us. I mean, many of you, like, panic and freak out when your battery says, like, 15%. You're like, oh, my God, where is the nearest charger? I need to charge this thing because if it dies, I do not have a phone, and I do not know how to live without a phone. But um, like money, social media especially is a great servant, but it's a horrible master. It's a great servant. Social media is great. We use it as the church. We use it um, to get information out there. But ultimately, if you're not careful, it can master you. And I want to talk to you about something out of 1 Corinthians chapter 6 this morning. And before I read the scripture, I want to give you a little bit of context. First of all, if you know anything about the Corinthian church, they were uh, pretty jacked up. Okay, They were just dealing with some crazy perversions and a lot of stuff that they believed. And so Paul comes in and he says, listen, yes, you're free in Christ to do some things, but just because you're free to be able to do those doesn't mean that it's wise. And so this is what he says when he reads this scripture. He says, I have the right to do some things, but I will not be mastered by anything. Okay, so here's what he's saying. If we were to kind of modernize this, here's what he's saying. There is nothing wrong with Facebook. There is absolutely nothing wrong with using technology. There's nothing wrong with social media. There's nothing wrong with TV. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. But when it masters you, it is sin. When you can't live without it, when you go into panic mode, when your phone dies, or when you can't even have a conversation and look at somebody in the eye face-to-face anymore because you're more concerned about notifications popping up on your screen, you are mastered by technology. Ultimately, the power in us should always be bigger than any addiction in us. The power of Christ in us should always be stronger than anything that wants to master us. And that can go for anything. That we're, we we're not mastered by an addiction to food. We're not mastered by an addiction to look at pornography. We're not mastered by an addiction of materialism. But quite honestly, we live in a culture where now it says, hey, it's okay if you're mastered by technology. It's almost like this sin that kind of creeps in and nobody even knows about it. It's like this silent killer that is killing deep relationships and intimacy with Jesus and it's just creeping in. So here's what I want to do. These are a little funny, but it's very true, okay? So you're probably going to laugh, but it's also very true. And if you're laughing, it probably indicates you have a problem, so don't laugh that hard, okay? Here are a few ways to help you determine if you are addicted to technology. Okay, you ready? Number one, your cat has its own Instagram. (laughs) If your cat has its own Instagram, please delete your page right now. Um, You change your profile picture more than a 12-year-old teenage girl, okay? If you just do that so often, you have an issue. Um, This is funny, but this is true. If you look forward to going to the bathroom so you can get to level seven on Candy Crush, you're like, yes, I gotta go, and it's free time, um... If your legs fall asleep every time you sit on the toilet, you have a problem, (laughs) okay? You're sitting there a little too long. It doesn't take that long, okay? Um, You have an issue if you sleep with your phone like a teddy bear, okay? You have an issue. So here's some things. 
Here are a few ways to help you determine if you're addicted to social media. Here we go. You find yourself looking at your phone rather than talking to people right in front of you. This is like my biggest pet peeve. When people are talking to me and looking at their phone and it aggravates me, and the reason it aggravates me so much is because I find myself doing it, right? You and your wife go out to eat, and rather than talking, you're both staring at screens. I'm a, um, I don't know if any of you are like this by nature, but I'm a natural like people watcher in restaurants. My mom used to get so mad at me, or my wife is like, babe, what are you doing? And I find my second son, Isaac, is a lot like that. He's just like staring at people. And, uh, but over the past few years, I have observed the culture and the way that it's kind of gone. And I've literally sat in restaurants and watched people eat dinner, especially like a husband and wife, and never utter a word to anyone. And they're just staring at their screens their whole time. Whatever is on on social media or whatever notifications come up and ESPN or whatever is more important to them than the relationship right in front of them. Another indication of that you're probably addicted to social media is you have nomophobia. Some of you are kind of like, what is that? This is, listen to me, I did not make this up. This is a real phobia. Nomophobia is the fear of not being connected through a mobile device. This is like clinically diagnosed now, okay? Like if you have anxiety when you lose this thing for 20 minutes or your battery dies. So let me give you a few facts. Studies show that 66% of people have extreme anxiety if their battery fails or they lose their phone. Like 66% of people have panic attacks when this thing dies. In fact, if you're in between the age of 18 and 24, the stat actually jumps to 76%. Listen to this. 58% of people don't go longer than an hour without checking their phone. They don't, lo- they don't go longer than an hour without checking their phone. 59% of you check email as soon as it comes in. You hate those little red notifications on your phone. I can't stand them. My wife has like 1,400 of them on her phone, like on her email. I'm like, you never read your email. You should just delete your account. 89, listen to this, 89% of teenagers sleep with their phone. And listen, I know some of you adults, you're like, mm-hmm, look at those teenagers. I knew, I told them those devices, they need to get rid of those devices, they're too addicted. 80% of you sleep with your phone. <laughs> the stat doesn't really change that much. You know, technology used to be, you know, a thing for the young people. Facebook was for the young people. Everybody's on Facebook now. Everybody is. 80% of people sleep with their phone. You need help, you need counseling, you probably need to burn your phone. <laughs> of people believe they couldn't go a day without their phone. They couldn't go a day without their phone. I want you to do this. Don't raise your hand yet. When I I state this phrase, I want you to simply just raise your hand, okay? One of the last thing, one of the first things you do in the morning and one of the last things that you do before you go to bed is you look at your phone. The first thing you do in the morning and the last thing you do before you go to bed is you look at your phone. Hold them up. Let's raise your hands. Everybody look around. Look at this. See this? If you're not raising your hand, there is something called pride (laughs) that is eating at your soul right now. You have nomophobia. You cannot go without your phone. So here's what happens. Here's what happens for many of us. We have, because 
technology has inundated culture so much, we have an inability to shut down and we don't know how to rest. And what I mean by this is we don't know how to find true, genuine contentment in Jesus that brings rest to our souls because our minds are constantly going. If you find yourself laying in bed at night and you cannot shut your brain off, it's probably because you're connected too much. Or this is maybe what happens for us. For many of us, the default mode is, hey, um, I'm bored and I don't have anything to do today, so what do you do? You get on your phone, you check your phone, you get on social media. And the result is our minds never shut down. It's why people can't sleep at night and it's why so many people in America are addicted to sleeping pills. Because we literally, like, we don't know how to rest. We don't know how to shut down. Many of us are overwhelmed and we don't know why. Many of us are short with our children and we don't know why. Many of us are frustrated with our husband and our wives and we have no clue why. But it's because spiritually we're exhausted, we're drained, and we're not finding rest in Jesus. We're longing for something more and get this, and yet we keep going back to the very device that leaves us feeling empty. It leaves us feeling empty. See, there's not a doctor or psychologist in the world that would argue with this. Everybody agrees that you need at least eight hours of sleep. Everybody agrees that you need a good night's sleep, but I today want to argue that your soul needs rest. Your soul needs rest. It needs to be finding contentment in Jesus. Our soul and our minds need to be disconnected for a season from this. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to ask yourself this question today. Are you being mastered by this? Is it something that you cannot go without? Ask yourself a simple question. If I were to take my phone, shut it down, put it in a box for a day and not look at it, could I do it? Could I do it? Could I not be around it for a while? Listen, the world will not burn down if you shut your phone off for a while and you don't answer a few text messages or emails or phone calls. Listen, I understand it's hard, especially being a pastor. I feel like I have to have my phone on me all the time because if somebody calls and I have to answer and if somebody needs something, I have to respond to it right away. But here's the truth. The intimacy that you will find in undistracted time alone with Jesus will be better than anything that you could ever experience. And the reason that so many, of us, so many of us are actually suffering today spiritually is because we don't know how to be undistracted. Like everything is vying for your attention today, right? I mean, you could sit down and it seems like nobody calls you, nobody texts you, you don't get any emails, you don't get any notifications on your phone. And as soon as you sit down to, sit, to spend time with Jesus, it's like everything goes off, Right? You ever notice that notifications, people are calling you, people are texting you, and there's so many distractions. So please hear me. I love technology, and I will continue to use it, but I cannot be mastered by it. It cannot own a piece of me and dictate the way that I um, have relationships and the way that I react and respond to people. Ultimately, I want Christ in me to be bigger than any urge to be addicted to something. Make sense? 
So if you find yourself consistently connected with like this low-grade frustration, there's got to be more than what you're experiencing right now. God has a special rest for you in Jesus. And if you have a Bible, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9. And this is what it says, starting in verse 9. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. Man, let's just pause there. If God is saying there is a special rest for those that are in Christ, isn't that something that you would agree that you want? All of us want that. All of us need that. It says, For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. So here's the question that I want you to ask yourself this morning. If God, the aligner of the stars, the creator of the universe, took an entire day to rest, what makes you think that you don't need to? And so many of us live in this culture where we, we, like, we become like workaholics. We, be, we, we busy ourselves so much because that work or that staying busy and not sitting around, it's where we find our worth. Like if I'm not doing anything, then I'm not worth anything. Or if I'm not connected to people and people don't know every detail about my life, then I'm not worth anything. And I'll never amount to anything. And so I have to stay connected. But the truth is you need rest. St. Augustine put it this way. He said, God, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. Man, you're going to be restless until you find genuine, true rest, that soul rest that you really long for in Jesus. And for some of you, this captures where you're at right now. And you're just tired. Like you're exhausted, your soul is screaming out for something more. You're restless, you're looking for anything and everything that will bring you satisfaction and joy. So, one thing that I have learned over the past few years about church people is we're really good at nodding our heads and saying amen to things, and then we walk out of these doors and nothing changes. So, this is where the rubber meets the road this morning. You can sit here And you can hear all this stuff, and you can shake your head, and you can say amen, and you can say yes, that's good, and you can walk out of here, and you can change absolutely nothing. You can feel convicted, and you can go have a burger, and like kind of just, you know, shuck it off. But here's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to just take a moment and say, God, if I am mastered by this, and if I am restless, if I'm frustrated at something, and I don't know why, if there's issues and areas going on in my life that I cannot figure out, could it be that you're not finding rest in Jesus? Could it be possible that, yes, you're free to do this, as Paul says, but we cannot be mastered by anything? So I want to give you some practicals this morning. How do we learn to find rest? the rest that we genuinely need, because it is a struggle, right? Number one, we've got to learn to be still. We've got to learn to be still, learn to be disconnected and still in the presence of God. Psalms 46.10 says this, Be still and know that I am God. Listen, you cannot know the God of the universe if you're not willing to be still. It says, be still and what? And then know. It's so hard for you to have an intimate 
enjoyable, life-giving, loving relationship with Jesus if you cannot be still. In other words, you've got to be still and learn to focus on Jesus. And so many of us have a hard time being still because the moment we're still, the moment we're silent, we're revealed with our true selves and our true heart and we don't like it. And so we like to go back into busyness because we begin to think about what's really going on inside. Instead of dealing with real problems in our lives, we would rather just become workaholics or get lost in a false reality. We've got to learn to be still. How many of you guys have ever been around a young kid that just won't be still? (laughs) How many of you guys have a kid like that? How many of you guys are married to a kid like that? (laughs) Anybody? Raise your hand if you've ever used this phrase. Boy, you better sit down before I make you sit down. Anybody Anybody ever use that? Ever use that phrase? I've used that phrase. Say it to my wife all the time. Just kidding. I shouldn't have said that. I'm going to pay for that later. Um, Listen, sometimes you have to say that to your soul. Sit down and be still. Be still. Psalms 131.2 says, But I have stilled and quieted my soul. I have stilled and quieted my soul. Let's pause right there. Notice something that David did. He quieted his soul. He made an effort. He didn't just run into it and it didn't just happen. Listen, some of you are going to walk out of here and say, okay, yeah, I need to learn to be still. What are you going to do to get to that point? What practicals do you need to do to learn to be still? He didn't wake up one morning, get five text messages, check three Facebook notifications, and then said, oh my gosh, I'm just still in Jesus. He made a plan, he made an effort, and man, there's got to be some things in my life that shift, there's got to be some things that change, and I've got to learn to be quiet, I've got to learn to be still. If you read the rest of the verse, it says, but I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. I'll be honest with you, if you've been coming here long enough, you probably know this about me, I have a really hard time sitting still. If you see me on Sunday morning, like I'm all over the place, right? You're like, what is wrong with that guy? He's like all over. I, I literally have a hard time being still. And to give you an example of this, um, Claire and I have five kids. And for every single one, um, I have the hardest time after they're born staying in this hospital room. Okay, this confined space. So I would like leave the room at least 20 times. And my wife is like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to the vending machine. <laughs> like, I'm getting Fritos for like the 10th time that I don't need any. But I would get up and I would just walk around and I just could not be still. And then if I'm sitting there, I'm checking text messages, I'm going over emails, I'm writing a sermon, I'm talking to people. And guess what? Because I did not learn to be still, I'm missing out on valuable time and missing out on making memories because I'm so busy. I can't learn to sit still. I'm so busy that I'm missing out on key moments. I'm missing out on things that I really should be paying attention to. And here's the truth. If you're anything like me in here, I've learned that my body and my mind has a tendency to be addicted to adrenaline that comes from work. And and men, you can relate with me, and, and some women, you can relate with this as well. 
But when you just keep going, there is this sense of false accomplishment that you get, right? Even if it's just busy work, even if it's not stuff that you really should be doing, even if you just keep going and you feel important when you get a text message or an email and you need to respond and you need to take care of all that stuff. But the only way that you combat learning to be still is learning to rest. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. If you walk away from anything that I say this morning, this is a practical that all of you just need to try, including myself. Some of you just need to shut down every single device for five minutes. Five minutes. Turn the TV off. The, the iPhone has this incredible feature called Do Not Disturb. You can turn it on. You're not going to get any notifications or anything. Shut down the device, turn off the iPad, turn off the TV, go into a space, in a room, in a bathroom, wherever it is, wherever it is, a quiet spot in your house, outside, and do nothing for five minutes. Nothing. I know for some of you are like, well, what do I do like, with myself? I don't, I don't know what to do for five minutes. Exactly. Be still and know that in the silence, Christ is often revealed. Listen to this quote. Silence is often a momentary revelation of your deepest self, your true self, and yet the self you do not know. This is what true silence does. The reason that so many of us have a hard time being still is because when we're actually still and there's no distractions, you begin to think about the things in your heart and you don't like it. You don't like it. You don't want to deal with it. So it's so much easier just to get lost in a scroll and Facebook and all those other things. Learn to be still. True soul rest will only be found in undistracted, silent times with Jesus. So the first one, the way that we learn how to have rest is we've got to learn to be still. Number two, be still and listen. Be still and listen. If this is a problem for you, then listen to what Proverbs says. Proverbs thirteen sixteen says, A wise man thinks ahead, but a fool doesn't and even brags about it. So here's the deal. You've got to make a plan for these times. You will not learn to be still, and you will not learn to listen to the voice of God unless you have a plan. Man, some of you just need to go home to your husband or your wife and say, Listen, I'm, honestly, I'm not content in Jesus. I'm restless. I'm exhausted. My soul is just, I need something more. Is it okay if you take the kids for five minutes and I just go outside? I found my wife the other day. She, she came to me and, you know, it's, we have five kids and so it can get pretty busy. And she's like, hey, um, can you just stay inside with all the kids and can I just go lay on the trampoline for a little while? I'm like, uh, Sure. And like for some of you, at least she had the audacity to come and ask, like, listen, I'm not, listen, I'm not mad. I'm not frustrated with the kids. I just need some quiet right now. I need silence. I need, I need to leave my phone inside, and I need to go lay on the trampoline. <laughs> like some of you just need to say, listen, I'm going to set whatever it is, a time every single night or every single day where everything is turned off, and I can just sit down, and I can think about the state of my heart, and I can begin to pursue Jesus and listen, and God will begin to speak to you. Come up with a plan of attack. And then if you don't come up with a plan, Proverbs calls you a fool. 
It calls you a fool. It says, listen, if you can't be diligent enough to make a plan, then you're never going to be still, and you're never going to know the intimacy that you should and ought to have with Jesus. Listen to this. I know this is somewhat humorous, but it's true. Many of us are trading a vibrant, intimate relationship with Jesus for a funny cat video on YouTube. It's true, isn't it? Like how lost and distracted we get in just, I mean, I remember for a while I was into, like on Facebook, when Facebook got the videos, like when you could scroll and they would just automatically play. And I'm, I'm a sucker for dumb videos. I don't know why. And I would show my wife, I'm like, this is hilarious. And she'd just stare at me like, that's stupid. Like, that's really dumb. And I start realizing, like, man, I'm trading intimacy with Jesus for a video that doesn't even matter. Something that is, like, not even beneficial to my soul at all. And I'm sacrificing an intimate, vibrant relationship with Jesus for some dumb video. And you end up getting lost in this sea of, like, YouTube and Facebook and all these things. And it eats into time and intimacy with Jesus. And listen... If you don't learn to be still and you don't learn to listen to Jesus, I promise you it will affect your marriage. I promise you it will affect your relationship with your kids. It will distract your relationship with Jesus. You've got to make a plan of attack. The power of Christ within us should be stronger than any addiction in us. Listen, if you can't overcome this on your own, then you have to, first you have to come to admit that, okay, I'm mastered by this and I need to do something. So every good team, what, has a defense and an offense, right? So I want to give you some defensive strategies and some practical offensive strategies of how we cannot be mastered by this device or technology. So here's some defensive strategies, ready? Number one, when you sit down to eat at a table, choose to leave your phone in another room. I'm, listen, I'm preaching to myself, okay? Uh, I remember when we, um, when we started preparing for this series and we started listing out all the different, you know, main struggles that we thought people dealt with and then this began to be one of the topics. I'm like, man, if somebody else could preach like that, if you can go and preach this one. <laughs> you know, I, I, be honest with you, I struggle with this one. Make a plan, no phone at the table. Maybe for some of you, you just need to give yourself a time limit for your phone. A time limit. For some of you, you need to learn to use it. There, if you slide the iPhone up, there's a di- uh, you can turn the disable on and you can put notifications where you basically don't, it doesn't vibrate, it doesn't go off, you don't get any Facebook notifications, whatever. You turn it on, do not disturb, and it will literally not disturb you. For some of you, maybe you just need to disable social media notifications. Because you know every, every single one of you gets placed in some kind of Facebook chat or group that you don't want to be a part of and your f- phone is like constantly buzzing with notifications with stuff that you don't really even need to look at. Or maybe it's like oh, the, an, a, a football app or an app that you don't even need to worry about that's constantly buzzing. Disable those notifications. For some of you, maybe it's just simply like leave your phone in another room when you go to sleep. Here's the truth. I'm just going to be real blunt with you. Some of you need to take a break for at least a month. Because the truth is you're mastered by it. Like it owns you. It controls you. It dictates your life. And listen, if you're in here saying, a month, what are you, what are you talking about? Why are we even talking about this this morning? Why are we preaching a whole sermon on this? If you're saying that, then the reason you're saying that is because it's you. You're mastered by it. The reason it offends you, the reason it sticks you in a certain way is because you don't want to do it. 
They need a defensive plan. Now, how about an offensive plan? So this is kind of an offensive plan, and this is hopefully the plan that we could kind of uh, gravitate towards where we don't have to have all these defensive things. Offensive plan. Instead of grabbing your phone to look at social media in the morning, the first thing that you do when you get up, grab your phone and open the Bible app. Because many of us, the first thing we do, you slide your phone open and you dive straight into Facebook. Right? You dive straight into it. Let the word of God feed, build, and renew your soul first thing in the morning. Listen, like I said, there's so many advantages to this. I absolutely, I love the YouVersion app. My wife and I use it. We do the one-year Bible plan, and um, it literally keeps you on track. It develops a plan. You don't have to sit down and orchestrate this whole plan. You literally just start the plan, and it'll keep you in track. It's one of the best things that you can have. And honestly, I find that now that the way that our culture has trended and the way that our minds think now, for me, it's just easier to focus when I'm reading the Bible on my phone. I don't know why. It just is. Let the Word of God feed and build you. I'm telling you, reading the Bible and knowing Jesus is incredibly important to true rest. Or maybe it's simply use your phone to the glory of God by listening to a podcast or sticking in your headphones and listening to music. I want to kind of wrap things up with a verse in Jeremiah 6.16. And it says this, Stand by the roads and look. Let's pause there. Some of you are at a crossroads right now. And you have a decision to make. Man, is this thing mastering me? Do I need to take a break? Do I need to put some practicals in place? What needs to happen? Listen to the verse. Watch as it goes on. Stand by the, cro- stand by the roads and look. And ask for the ancient paths. So here's what he's saying right here. What if there are some ancient disciplines that are higher than new technologies? Meaning this fasting, prayer, solitude, and seeking the goodness of God. Man, some of us, and I'm I'm speaking to myself here, some of us just need to get some alone time with Jesus and say, silence ourselves, turn off the devices and say, God, I'm restless. Man, do I need to take a break? Do I need to fast for seven days? Do I need to pray? What do I need to do? Because I don't want to be at this point any longer. Listen, God doesn't want just some surface relationship with you. He wants to know you. He wants you to know him with the depths of who you are. Stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and listen to this. Find rest for your souls. See, when you walk in in God's good ways, you will find rest for your souls. So here's the deal. Let's get serious about learning to be still and spending time with Jesus because that's the rest, whether you realize it or not, that you're really craving. That's the rest that you really want. That's the rest that you really need. And some of you, you don't even know that you need it. Some of you have trouble sleeping. Some of you have trouble just communicating with people. Some of you are just get so frustrated easily. Or some of you are at a place right now where you just feel absolutely empty. 
I want to just encourage you. Take some time. Seek Jesus. Pray about it. Let him give you direction about what you should do. And man, turn off some, some, some devices for a while. And one of the best things that Claire and I did recently, and it wasn't even on purpose. It was literally on accident. We, we took the TV out of our living room and put it in our room. And all of a sudden we realized it's not like the focal point in our living room and we're not watching it as much. I, I would love to tell you that we had this great plan to take it out. We did, it just happened that way. Don't you find it funny? Um, when I was in England, I talked to a guy who is kind of from India and he said, yeah, America is a strange place. I said, what do you mean? He said, man, y'all build an entire room around one device. I was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? He said, you center everything in your living room around a TV. That's strange. Like as it's like some kind of God or something. And I kind of walked away from that conversation and I was just like, wow, that's so true. Like we build everything around entertainment. I mean, you walk, I mean, you walk into my house, there's a furniture and all the way that it's organized and TV right in the middle, right? And listen, we've got to be careful. And I know some of you, maybe some of you um, people that are a little bit older, you're saying, man, why is this important? Why are we talking about a whole thing on technology? I'm telling you this. As years progress, this is going to become more and more of a problem. And if we don't deal with it now, it's going to be so accepted and normal in culture that people aren't even going to realize it. Listen, as I prepared for this, there was things in my own heart, in my own life that I know that I've got to reevaluate and even some things that I've got to do. Some conversation that my wife and I need to have and some things that we need to pray through and talk about. I don't want you to get to a place where you cannot have intimacy with Jesus and you can't rest and your soul's not healthy because you're so concerned about this. We miss out on deep, intimate, vibrant relationship with people. We miss out on community. We miss out on really being a part of a healthy and life-giving church because we're so connected to things that we're really not even a part of. We're so concerned about living what uh, psychologists would call a hyper-reality, a false reality. We're living other people's lives and not living our own so much concerned about what everybody else is doing that we're not even thinking about what we should be doing. So I want to close in prayer by just saying this. Listen, if this is you, this is as much spiritual as it is practical. You've got to go home and you've got to make some practical plans and you've got to set some things in place. That's why I said earlier, don't just try to take a huge bite out of the apple. Look, take five minutes If that's all you think you can do right now, like do five minutes, shut everything down for five minutes, seek Jesus for five minutes. Man, what would our churches look like? What would our communities look like if people just knew how to find rest in Jesus? I guarantee you they'd look a whole lot different. I guarantee you we'd have more passion for the lost. I guarantee you that people would be more passionate about being a part of a vibrant and healthy community. Let's not get lost in this. Because in the end, it doesn't matter. In the end, it doesn't matter. Listen, we can use technology to the glory of God. 
and we can use it for all of its benefits, but let's not be mastered by it. Father, we thank you for who you are. God, I pray that this morning, God, wherever we're at in our life right now, God, maybe some of us find ourselves mastered by technology. We find ourselves at a place where, man, we just, we don't know what to do. And God, I pray that we would walk out of here and it would not just be just this conviction that rests on us, but God, that you would give us a plan of what we need to do, some things that we need to put in place, God, to allow this not to master us. God, we thank you for who you are.